0: Are you ready for your child to have an awesome head start this school year? Well, guess what, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the natural head start that is already a part of our black children and how we can help bring out that natural head start even before we send them into these school environments. This is an episode that you do not Want to miss. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community, and the ways in which we can combat these issues together, y'all. Yes, indeed, I welcome you all once again to episode 31, season two. All right, and I am going to delve right on in to the topic at hand, which is the natural head start of our black children. And what made me decide to title this episode The Natural Head Start of Our Black Children is because, number one, I've been rereading this book, going back to uh, a lot of the different notes and a lot of the underlinings that I did in this book here. I'm showing you all this book, so I hope that you all uh, go grab this book from the library or purchase this book the awakening the natural genius of black children and this is the third edition by dr amos n wilson he's also the author of the book the developmental psychology of the black child and blueprint for black power all right and i decided to title this episode that because number one that is one of the things that he mentioned that's what he talked about in this book. Okay. The natural head start. That was one of the subjects. And also just to, uh, use the language that we hear, especially when our children are getting in school before kindergarten. All right. So a lot of us, we know about head start. Okay. So that's when, uh, your children are usually like in that preschool uh, stage and they are getting prepared for kindergarten. All right. And one of the things that he talks about in this book uh, is that he references a lot of different studies that were done and a lot of the studies that were done in terms of uh, finding out the the educational um, uh, capabilities of black children in comparison to in particular white children here in America. So they were like you had scientists who did different studies. They would go to Africa and they would uh, do uh, give these African children from different places different tests. All right, and so one of the things that they found when they were uh, giving these tests to these African children is that, and even they even not only tested children who were, you know, uh, strong as far as developmentally. You had children that they tested who were came from places that were poor or places where they were malnourished. And what they found is that even still with these children who were either malnourished, they came from places that were, did not have all the resources, <clears throat> and we wonder why, uh, that a lot of the children had in America, they still found that these African children were thriving and doing more of the things that they expected this, these white children to do Uh, later on in life, later on in their stages of development as an infant, that these black children, they were actually doing these things a lot earlier. And so the point that he was making in this book is that again, we have to go back to understanding the natural genius that our black children have. And these are the things in which I felt like I really, really needed to, uh, you know, press, you know, and put upon you all because I know that we think that we are sending our children to these schools and we think that we are doing them a service, right? We think, oh, wow, we're getting them into these Head Start programs. We're getting them into these particular programs that a lot of these programs that were created by folks who data studies have shown that do not treat our children fairly. They discriminate against our children. Our children go into classrooms, you know, with these a lot of these white-led, white female-led classrooms, and they have absolutely no good intentions for our children. Am I saying that every white teacher don't have any good intentions for our children? Of course, I can't say that, and I'm not going to say that. I know I'm quite sure some of you said, "Oh, well, I remember Miss So and So or whatever," and they were, uh, they, they were a great teacher. They had good. You, have, you do have some, but I'm talking about a majority of the classrooms, okay? I'm talking about a majority of the classrooms, and unfortunately, a lot of times, our children who, when they're going into these uh, little daycare centers, these head starts, these classrooms, and, and if our children are not able to articulate the discrimination, then they wind up a lot of times getting psychologically and emotionally damaged And then that's when they're not able to produce. That's when you're not able to see the genius shining through that they naturally have. And so one of the three things that I want you all to first remember is number one, before you send your children into these schools, make sure you are building the confidence in them. That's the first thing. They should have the confidence and understanding that yes, I can do anything that I put my mind to, period. Anything that I want to do, I can do. You gotta have that belief. Just like our dear brother Marcus Garvey said, with confidence, you've uh, with confidence you've already won. Okay, with confidence you have already won. Even if there's something that you don't do well in or whatever the case, You still walk away with knowing, oh, okay, you know what? I see where I made my mistake. I see where I can do better. But you had the confidence that means your heart is filled with, oh, yes, I could do this. The second thing is the education. You gotta make sure that you are teaching your children. You have to make sure you are reading to them. You have to make sure that if there are struggles in areas where you, as a parent, you made like, you like, you know what? I don't do well with this. I need to get a tutor. I need to get someone who can help assist my child in this particular area. I'm not good with trying to help my children, uh, or my child learn how to read. So I'm going to reach out to this reading tutor. I'm going to reach out to miss Asia. Okay. I'm going to reach out to an, an Ebony Donley. All right. So those are things in which you have to know within yourself, that you have to be able to get help with. Or if it's things obviously that you got, you know that you can do, then you make sure you do that. So the first thing is confidence, second thing is education, and the third thing is conviction. Conviction is just that, that again, it's along the lines of confidence, but it's, again, it's more that belief. It's that you standing on your square. And that's something that we have to teach our children too. Now, of course, you have some kids, man, They for real, for real, they automatically they know how to stand on their square. You know how you met you know, you know how you seen some of them little kids, man, you like, man, you you a tough one. And then you have some who they have to actually you have to teach that to them. You have to remind them, you have to show them what conviction looks like. And I'm saying all that to say because especially if you are sending your children into these environments, into these quote unquote educational environments that are in a lot of ways hostile. They may not be hostile in terms of, yeah, you may not, you may think you're sending them into this good school system. You know, they out here with the, somebody, you know, in the neighborhoods where they got money, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, a lot of fighting or you don't have to worry about teachers, you know, uh, one, one year you got a teacher or half of you got a teacher. Then the next six months that teacher is gone. You ain't got to worry about a high turnover rate with teachers. Those things that's, yeah, that's great. That's cost stability, right? You want that. You want your children to have all the resources around them, right? Who doesn't want that? That's common sense, right? But guess what? Your children, a lot of times they go in those environments and they got to deal with being ostracized. They got to deal with, you know, feeling like, man, like they can't quite put their finger on it, but they know they don't feel included. They don't feel wanted. And that's why it's important, again, that's why they have to have the confidence, they have to have the education, because when you are telling them about the history in terms of how this whole place, this this colonial, colonial settler project, as Dr. Greg Carr calls it, uh, that we call America, you know, the inception of it, the history of it, then our children can go in armored, even at the young ages of three years old, all right? they should know. They should know about our history. They should understand, you know, the treatment of our people, where that comes from. All right. So again, armoring them is going to empower them. You don't want to send them out there. Just like Dr. Joy DeGruy talked about in one of her le- lectures. You hope, <laughs> I hope nothing happens. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, that's just like you jumping in the lake. Don't know how to swim. I hope I don't drown. Um, genius, uh, guess what? You don't know how to swim? You gonna drown. Period. This fly coming from. That's crazy. I'm starting to do a uh soon as I start to get on mic, then here, here come some fly come out of nowhere. Anyway, you know's I still moves on. So again, so that's the first part that I wanted to uh, share with you all. So these are the three things. So hopefully you wrote those things down confidence, education, and conviction. All right, you all can, there's other things as well, but those are just three integral, three things that I thought was very, very important as the foundation as to what we have to arm our children with when they are going into these school environments. Now I'm about to go into how also what Dr. Amos Wilson talked about in his book, again, Awakening the Natural Genius of Black Children. And what he talked about is that that natural head start that I mentioned in the in the beginning, that natural head start, unfortunately, it gets stagnated, it gets thwarted because of four things that he mentioned in his book. Okay? Now pay attention. Now, this is really, really key. And these things, these are basic foundational things that we can actually counter. All right. And again, all of this again is related to literacy. All of this is related to reading. All of this is related to empowerment because the simple fact is this. Number one, if our children, if they are not in a position where you know they are reading and they are reading with confidence and they are learning things and understanding that, yes, I can learn, I can achieve, I can do anything I put my mind to, and they don't have it on a foundational level, then trust and believe it's going to be harder for them later on. Not to say they can't come out of it because we know that we are resilient folks, right? We are the definition of grit. You hear these folks, they doing these Ted talks about grit and all of that. And grit and, you know, and we, we black folks, we like grit, please. We know about grit. You know what I'm saying? We invented grit. All right. We know about making a way out of no way period. Our people is strong as hell, and we know this. However, we shouldn't always have to be put in a position to where we have to always be behind. And that's the key, again, like I said, in terms of with literacy, with reading. That's what winds up happening to our children. Our children wind up being behind because we are not making sure we're creating this foundation for them as early as possible. So that's why I'm gonna share with you these four things that he talked about in his book that's very key and important. So he talked about the unstimulating mother-infant interactions, okay? So for example, one of the things when he mentioned one of the studies about the African children that was noticed is that these African children had a great connection with their mothers. The mothers were very attentive to their infants' needs okay so when that baby if that baby you know was struggling or something like that crying out that baby was there that baby was consoling that excuse me that baby was consoled that baby was hugged that baby was looked at and smiled at and you know talk all of those things so when you have an environment in which the mother is making sure that she's attentive to the needs of her babies that right there again i talked about that confidence piece That is being built in that child. Now they are starting to develop a sense of, I can go out in the world and do anything. You know why? Because my mother, she believes in me. She's there when I am sick. She is there when I am hurting. She's there when I'm crying, when I'm hungry, or when I just want to be held. I just want to be loved and hugged, all right? So for my mothers out there, especially my mothers, you know, for those of us, you know, we we live in, you know what I'm saying, as we know in in the black community, the hood or whatever, we live in environments where the resources are lacking. And we know that mothers gotta put it down, especially if you have uh, single uh, led or single headed, uh, a single um, mother households rather, we understand the struggles, right? You make sure that you have to change your mindset and you look at your child and you look at your situation like you know what it's all right we still are going to push through and I'm still gonna show my baby love I'm not gonna pick up my baby aggressively and get all mad and then because they cry and I'm snatching them up and all of that type of stuff I'm not gonna do that why because I'm looking at my baby like this baby my baby my love my joy my pride this is my future this is our future I could be holding right now the future of Malcolm X or Fannie Lou Hamer or Ella Baker. You know what I'm saying? That's how you wanna look at your child. Not in disdain, not in a way where you are just mad and angry and frustrated because you know you just got done getting chewed out by some racist manager at some low-level paying job. No, forget all that. You're gonna change that mindset. So again, having that healthy mother-child interaction That is something that is a must, all right? Number two, he talked about extremely young maternal age on children's intellectual development, all right? So this one, you know, is something that yes, it must be talked about. Again, this is real reading talk, right? You know, we cannot support our young folks being in positions to where they are becoming parents early we just can't do that that's something we can't glorify we can't glorify these teenage pregnancies all right we have to glorify number one and i'm you know and this again this is my podcast and in, in my view my viewpoint we have to promote marriage period point blank we have to promote marriage between that man and that woman period all right because that's the foundation that's the natural order of things and so when we promote that then hopefully it can start to um you know curb a, a lot of folks thinking about oh man you know I can't wait to get with this person get in the bed with this person whoop-de-do, and not thinking about the consequences because that's exactly what we'll see Right? You know what I'm saying? You got these negative consequences of folks thinking that, oh, okay, I just want to get with this person. Then y'all get together, babies created. She wasn't ready, he for doggone sure wasn't ready either. Then what do you have? People who are not what? They are not developed intellectually. They are not developed in a way with the capabilities of raising that child. Because they're still a child in a lot of ways. They're still young in their thinking. So again, like I said, you know, I'm not, it's not about judging with the statement that I had, but at the same time, I have to make a point that is definitely clear. You know, we have to make sure that we are promoting family, and in particular, yes, I definitely believe we should be promoting marriage and telling our children that, yeah, you wanna be a wife one day. You don't wanna be nobody's baby mama. You wanna be a husband. You don't wanna be a baby daddy, okay? You know, you want to have a family in which you two can grow together. You all can build a solid foundation. Again, and this is something that is key and an, an integral part of our intellectual development of our children, emotional development, stability, solid foundation. All of this translates into the educational piece, having a strong, you know, educational foundation. All of these things are, are very important and key. Next one, number three poor quality home environment poor quality home environment okay so what does that look like does that does that mean that okay I'm poor meaning like financially that I don't have all the latest you know game consoles i don't have all the all all the the trappings that you know people who have lavish homes have tvs here and you know beautiful bedroom sets there and you know gorgeous luxurious you know uh, living room sets and dining room sets no 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 poor home environment that simply means that you are not making sure that your child has the resources they have the support that is needed so that they can be able to thrive when they are going into these schools or when they're just going into life, period. Just dealing with life, period. So you wanna make sure that you are providing them with a rich type of home environment. Just like, for example, when you hear the term print rich, okay, print rich means what? That That you have an environment that is surrounded with a lot of literacy, a lot of books, they have a lot of you know, print around that child. That is good because what's gonna happen is that's going to help them again build that solid foundation in reading. So once again, you have to have that same mindset when it comes to your home environment. You wanna make sure that it is filled with a lot of great educational resources, making sure that you all are having great conversations, talking about things that are dealing with what's going on in the world not just what's going on in your community, but what's going on in the world, all right? The, ne- the next one, number four, he talked about the inadequate language vocabulary mastery experiences, all right? There we go, uh, you're hearing those terms, vocabulary and language, right? All of that is dealing with what? Reading, because it was found the intellectual at age three is strongly correlated to language mastery experiences during the second year of life all right breaking that down you know um in layman's terms making sure you're doing things like talking to your children and reading to your children a lot that's going to help build their vocabulary skills stop waiting to send your child to these quote unquote schools and thinking that well that's when my baby gonna learn how to read and then when they don't learn and they they don't get those resources then you start blaming other people you start getting mad and you want to cuss the teacher out and you want to talk about how they how they not doing a good job well guess what that's your job first it's your job to make sure that your child is able to say those letters know the sounds of those letters It's your job to read those stories to your children so you're starting to build them comprehension skills. Also, you're building those listening skills, and you're teaching them too. There is a time when they have to be able to sit still and be able to learn things so they don't be all over the place. All right? But, once again, children who their environment or children who their natural head start has been thwarted, is because they have an inadequate language vocabulary mastery experience and that's why i'm giving you the antithesis to that how do you create the strong vocabulary mastery experience reading aloud to your children talking to your children listening to books being read aloud having conversations all right putting in them to understand what questions that should be asked. That's one of the things that I found out. I remember when I was uh, talking to Ebony Donnelly on one of my previous podcasts, and she talked about how you have children, a lot of times they struggle with being able to come up with questions to ask. They don't have the language, they just simply don't, because they're not thinking, they're not being engaged and stimulated in that way. You know, they're being, a lot of times it's just, you know, do this, do that, taking orders, not getting them to think critically, not getting them to think in a way where they're problem solving or getting them to actually believe that yes, my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions do matter in the way in which I look at the world. So, but these are the things in which we can actually create for our children. All right, and then the last uh, point is inappropriate educational and schooling experiences. All right. Then he goes into talking about with that impoverished psychological relations. Okay. I know this is sound like some big words, but for real, for real, it's really, really not. And breaking it down. Once again, the education, all of these things, as you know, when I'm talking about each point, I'm pretty much repeating a lot of what I said in the points before. So if you are creating, having uh, the the educational experiences that are very enriching, okay, uh, very stimulating, engaging, how, how do you do that? You simply put, you start taking your children to places like the children's museums, the natural history museums. I just took my children to this one place. It's called the Holden Arboretum, all right, and they have arboretums. I know it's... I forgive me, I can't, uh, explain like the technical, the, the actual definition of it, but it's a place where it's it's almost, it's like basically like a big old massive, like uh, park. All right. You got greenery everywhere and you have different activities there. All right. Things in which it keeps, gets your body moving. All right. You out there in the sun, you out there around the trees. All right. All of that stuff right there is awakening your senses okay, which again is stimulating your brain, all right, and it's also making you more positive too. It gets you away from that hustle and bustle of the city. You ain't gotta worry about hearing gunshots and sirens, right, all of those things that trigger us, those of us who do live in the inner city, and those are the things in which our children have to deal with a lot of times. That trauma, you know, getting awakened in the middle of the night by all of these sirens, you got police or you got the ambulance and the fire trucks, all of that stuff, man, that 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 can, you know what I'm saying, mess you up in terms of emotionally, you know what I'm saying, and just, just make you uneasy, all right? And these are things, these are real things that our kids, as well as us as adults, we all got to deal with. And so, but if we understand that, hey, look, the world is a classroom, and we have the ability and capabilities to be able to Give our children enriching experiences, then we got to make sure that we do that. And that's how we create those great educational experiences. And when he talked about the impoverished psychological relations, so for example, you know, we have to make sure that we develop a, a rich connection with our children, right? Emotional support, that love, that mercy, that compassion. All of those things, again, is building in our children, once again, that belief, that conviction, all right, that they need to understand, hey, look, you know, I can do this, I come from greatness, like literally. No, my, 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 grandparents, may, my grandparents may not have been Kangs and Kwangs, okay, however, I come from a, a great solid foundation, a home where people love me, they poured into me, they weren't beating me over the head every time I made a mistake. They weren't making me feel anxious and making me feel like I can't try anything because if I do try something and I mess up, I'm afraid I'm gonna get a whooping for it. I'm gonna get on punishment. I'm gonna to have to stand in a corner for hours and all of this not nonsense that we do to our children that does not show them that, hey, look, you know we have to fill you up with love. We have to fill you up with resilience. We have to build you up with support, with compassion and grace and mercy because we're human beings, right? And this is what we should be doing. And unfortunately, in the system of white supremacy, it's anti-human. It's anti-human because what it does is it tries to kill your very soul, your spirit. That's what makes us human. It's the grace, it's the mercy, the compassion, the love, the mental stability, the emotional support. And so these are the things in which, in a system of white supremacy, that was the whole point. They had to make us believe that we were anti bad. Oh, they're nothing. They're foul. They're feeble-minded. They can't think. They need us to guide them and all of that. And all the while, they're not even exemplifying human characteristics. They're exemplifying devilish characteristics. If you think in your mind that you're supposed to oppress and dog people out, treat them like boo-boo, nothing, what does that say about yourself? Because a person who loves themselves, they can't do nothing but give love. You feel me? When you love yourself and you think highly of yourself, that's what you see in other people. You're going to naturally want to see that in other people. You're going to naturally want to bring that out in other people. But in the system of white supremacy, the false notion of white supremacy, using the words of Professor James Small, that system is anti-human, it's anti-upliftment, it's anti-empowerment. And it just goes to show what they feel about themselves. Because when you dog somebody out, just like we teach our children, when, when you have that bully who's trying to you know, bully that child and they're trying to uh, basically demean them and degrade them, nine times out of 10, that's how they were treated, correct? They were bullied, they were degraded somewhere down the line, whether it was at home or whether it was from other kids. And so that's why, again, all of these different things that Dr. Amos Wilson talked about, um, he's talking about actually awakening that natural genius, is awakening that natural, these natural human capabilities, uh, you know, that place in which Allah, one God, put in all of us so that we can thrive, so that we can live our best selves. And that's the key. And that's what we wanna teach our children. And all, again, all of this is foundational when it comes to us building that solid reading foundation. Because as we know, when it comes to reading, reading is the foundation of every subject, right? You know, in order for our children to, do, to thrive and do well and succeed and master in any other subject, they have to master and succeed and thrive when it comes to reading. Because it's related to comprehension, All right, it's related to our vocabulary, okay, and how we speak, all right, our understanding of things, all right, all of those different things. So on that note, there you have it. And I hope that, again, like I try my best to say it every episode, I hope that you all have literally and sincerely gained much benefit. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that you understood all the points that I made. And I'm going to end right here. And you all, thank you all again for listening to another episode with me, Ms. Sasha, of Real Reading Talk. Again, Real Reading Talk is, uh, Real Reading Talk is the uh, podcast in which I talk about the foundational reasons as to why there are low levels of literacy in the black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. It's not about just talking about the problems here in my podcast or on my podcast, rather. I talk about solutions. I give practical solutions. And so I thank you all for listening. And make sure that you please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Thank you. Peace. All right, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Once again, like I said, I always say, I hope that you all really was able to get some jewels and some nuggets from this episode, okay? Uh, You know, I enjoy talking about, you know, the natural genius of our black children. I've talked about this on numerous occasions in my other uh, episodes as well. And I definitely love referencing Dr. Amos Wilson, all right? So I hope you all had your notebooks and your pens and pencils jotting down. And if you didn't, of course you know you can always go back, right? So first thing I want to uh, say is that if you are in need of a reading tutor for your pre-K through fourth grade baby, if you are looking for someone to help get your child ready to go into kindergarten, and you want them to be ready when it comes to their reading, please reach out to me. Go to my website, abclearntutoring.com, click on that free reading assessment today. And also, I am the founder and executive director of our nonprofit organization called ABC Read, and our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in black and underserved communities. And if you are looking for a nonprofit that you would like to donate to that is literally empowering the community, and in particular, our black and underserved communities right here in Cleveland, please go to our website, abcread.org. See what it is that we have been doing since 2014. All right, eight years in a row and counting. And make sure you click on that donate button. And of course, please make sure that You also share this podcast. You can also, too, you can make a monthly donation to the podcast through the Anchor app, all right? That would be very greatly appreciated. So that helps to uh, continue with me giving out and disseminating uh, this great information that is needed for our communities. Also, make sure that you go to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, and click on that subscribe button I'm always uh, will consistently rather uh, uploading read alouds and there is a plethora of read alouds for you and your children to enjoy and I just want to share with you all the book that I've been reading I've been reading the book called black fortunes uh, written by I believe his name is Shamari Wills and it talks about six African Americans who escaped being enslaved and they actually became millionaires, all right? So that book right there, and I've been reading that book actually aloud uh, to my couple of my younger children, so. And with that being said, I want to, again, I want to actually end with a quote, and I'm just gonna choose one of the quotes from the book that I've told you, that the book that I've been referencing here, that I've been reading, Awakening the Natural, genius, all right, awakening the natural genius of black children, that quote is, in the revolutionary school, I know why I study, but in the colonial school, I was studying like the blind, and this is from a Mozambican student, okay, that's powerful, all right, in the revolutionary school, I know why I study, but in the colonial school, I was studying like The blind. Empower your children. Please. We don't want them to be blind. But in order for them not to be blind, we have to be awakened and not be blind. Ourselves. All right? You have been listening to another episode of Real Reading Talk, episode 31. Thank you once again for joining me. And please make sure that you keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Thank you so much.